Thank you. My name's Joe and I Thank you. My name is Joe and I am a compulsive overeater. Uh, it's always an honor to share at any meeting and I want to thank you. Uh, I don't normally do this, but I will say that my abstinence date is the Saturday of Memorial Day holiday in the United States in 1983. So today I have been 40 years abstinent. And that is a miracle. It is a real miracle. I would like to share some images of uh, me. Um, you share the screen. This was me at age 13. As you can tell, I was very thin. Uh, I was also a pretty snappy dresser. If you will notice, I'm in the black with the shoes with the white tops. And uh, they were the trend then. And I had it, uh, made my parents buy me a pair. And then they went out of style. And I was in London recently. And there was a set of pair of sh shoes just like that at a fancy shop. So whatever goes around comes around. This is me two and a half years or three years later. I went from about 70 pounds up to 325, 350, somewhere in there. I'm not quite sure what my weight was. I don't know if you can identify with this, but I did not weigh. I did not want to know how much I weighed. I remember somewhere around a 54 to 58 inch waist. This was me at age 32, 33. As you can tell, I was still pretty heavy. I'm next to my father. This is I went back to school and graduated uh, at, at a later age. And then if you stick around in the program, I can guarantee you that you might look like this on your 20th anniversary. And this is me in my uh, Halloween costume. And uh, I had a lot of fun with it and it was absolutely great. And it's something I would have never done if I had not had this program. When I walked into the rooms of, of Overeaters, uh, Overeaters Anonymous in May of 1983, I was absolutely nuts. I was crazy. Uh, you would not have liked me because I was a real asshole. And I liked to hurt people because it made me feel better about myself. I had bought a building in February of 1983 with two other people. And I think that they knew after about uh, two weeks that they had three choices. They had been sober for six years. The first choice was that they could drink again. The second choice was they could sell the building at a great economic loss. And the third choice was that they could get me into a 12-step program. And they started to 12-step me into Overeaters Anonymous by using those magic words. The OA meeting across the hall from us, a lot of our friends are there and they have lost a lot of weight. And of course, I had this idea, if I was thin, my life would be perfect. And I wasn't at my top weight then. I was only about 260, 270, somewhere around there. My last diet before Overeaters Anonymous was in 1977. I went from 272 pounds down to 141 pounds in nine months. I had a very good diet. It worked. It was a bowl of vegetable soup and a glass of iced tea for lunch. And dinner was a very heavy dinner of 35 to 50 milligrams of Valium dropped in three or four scotches. And that's all that I had for nine months. And I lost a lot of weight and I was thin and I thought life would be perfect. Of course, I think you know what happened was I started going back up again. And in 1983, I was just miserable. I was waking up every morning, either saying the Lord's prayer or just wanting to die by getting the gun out of the drawer next to my bed and shooting myself into the head, my head. In May of 1983, I was driving along uh, on the Friday uh, week before Memorial Day and on a Saturday, and there was a car parked on the freeway, and I hit it at about 60 to 70 miles an hour. 
I was probably drinking, I was drinking a large Coke and probably two or three candy bars. And I said for several years that uh, I, there were, the, the traffic was so heavy, I couldn't avoid the car. But I, I realized after I kind of gotten sober from the sugar was that uh, there were no other cars. And that I think at that moment, I just wanted to die. And I tried to do it with an automobile. I walked away from it. I went to the doctor on Monday and uh, I'd had a physical a couple of weeks before. And he said, you need to lose weight. It's not healthy. And uh, of course, that just went out in one ear and out the other. And so then uh, he was examining me and he said, you know, the only reason you're not hurt is because you were so you're so fat. And I, I said, and he said, but you need to lose weight. And I said, I've been thinking about going to Overeaters Anonymous. On the Friday before Memorial Day, uh, I went to my first meeting. I went back and told the two people that I went to the, that I bought the building with to take me to a meeting. They took me to a Friday night meeting. They sat on either side of me, I think to hold me down in case I wanted to run. But I heard in that meeting several things that were to change my life. I especially heard my story from a guy named Terrell, who Nancy knows, I know, I'm not sure if anyone else does, but I heard my story that night. And I also heard several things that were to change my life. One is that there is a solution to the way that I felt on the inside and that I didn't have to feel that way ever again. Also, I heard that you're only as sick as your secrets. And two, three was that you uh, eat three meals a day, moderate meals a day, nothing in between, and you don't eat sugar. I went home that night. I read some uh, pamphlets, including Dignity of Choice. I picked out a food plan. The next day, I went and visited with the two people that took me into the program. And I said, you know, a couple of questions. Do I need to go to more than one meeting a week? They said, yes, it's probably a good idea. I said, uh, you know, uh, is this a cult like the Moonies? There seemed to be a lot of cult chanting and praying in that meeting. And the last thing I wanted in my life was a God. I was an atheist by that time. And they said, no, it is not a cult. And I, and I kind of had a problem because I wasn't sure that I could stick around because I didn't know if I could remember that prayer that they said at the beginning of the meeting. It seemed so long and complicated. You know, the serenity prayer? Well, anyway, I went to a family reunion Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I made a mistake of telling them I was on a diet. And all weekend I heard from my family, Joe, can we make you something special? You sure we can't make you something special, Joe? Oh, really? Are you trying to lose weight, Joe? You know, we can't make ice cream. Joe can't eat ice cream. And on Monday of Memorial Day, I had left that family reunion, being around my family, and I had had three meals, nothing in between, and no sugar. A month later, I gave up white flour and bread and stuff like that. And I have been abstinent since that, since today, 40 years ago. And it is a miracle. I started to work. I took the second step, I think, that weekend when I was around my family and I didn't eat for the first time in my life. I started then to work on the third step, and that was to trust God with my life. And I made a decision I needed to tell my the two people that brought me in my program my deepest, darkest secret. And so I was going to tell them one day after lunch, about a month after in the program, 
And we went out to lunch and I just couldn't do it. I was too scared. I was afraid that they would leave me. And I had lived in Houston for seven and a half years and they were the only two people that I knew. And so uh, coming back, we talked about, and they said, I said, I almost didn't buy the building. And they said, why? And I said, because I'm gay. And Beverly turned to me and says, we know we still love you. And that was when I took the third step. That was when I was willing, no matter what happened, no matter what they did, I was going to be true to Joe for the first time in my life. And that was a turning point in my life. And I started then to work the program. I got a sponsor right away within six weeks. I told him I wanted to work the fourth and fifth step. And he said, no, wait. And I said, no, I want to start it. And so I started on a fourth step. And I started to list, first of all, all my resentments and my anger and a lot of sexual inventory. And I finished it after about six months because I was traveling almost every week. Uh, I was traveling three weeks a month. So I was on planes all the time. And by the way, up until something weird happened in February of 2020, I don't quite remember what happened then, but I had never cooked at home. I ate 99% of my meals in restaurants. You can stay abstinent and eat in restaurants. Uh, I uh, was going from one from New York to LA to Chicago to Houston to Kansas City. And so what I did was I kept a notebook with me and I wrote down my resentments. I'd start a name, become so angry that I would have to put it down. Then I'd come back the next day and write what happened. I gave it away to a man in Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, in AA, because I was sober by that time, who was a spiritual guru. And I needed to find a God of my understanding. He had a lot of good things to say. He had a lot of good things to say about me being molested by my uncle when I was 11 and some emotional uh, sexual abuse by my grandmother when I was 13. When, when my weight gain started, when she died, I started to gain weight because I didn't know how to handle life and death. And so uh, it was great. I came away feeling better than I had ever felt in my life. And so what it is was that I, I simply felt great. The problem was two months later, that man went out and molested an 11-year-old boy. And the anger that came up was so great that I almost drank and I almost ate. Instead, what I did was I went back into the basics of the program. I did another fourth and fifth step. And then I started, gave it away to my sponsor this time in OA. And I started to feel again, like I had felt after that first one. Step six and seven, which I really want to talk about a lot. I'm still working on 40 years later. <laughs> step six for me is not doing the things that I want to do. Step seven is doing the things I don't want to do. And this is especially important because important to me because, thank you, because it's about relationships. Uh, I was a real mean asshole when I came in this program. I had to start to work on my anger. And after I was in the program a few years, people said you were so angry the first three or four years. Uh, I often said, if you sober up an angry fat person, what are you going to have? Or, and I use sober and absence in the same way. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I say, you're probably going to have an angry thin person. And so what it was, I had to work on my anger. I had to work on my character defects. And I had to start to do things differently than I had ever done in my life. I, I knew two, three people actually when in, I came into the program. 
And what I had to start to do was work on relationships. I had to start to treat people right. And I started by treating people right in the program. Then I realized I had to treat people outside the program. What taught me this was I, I went to dinner one night after a meeting and I had been treating all the people in the program nice. And I saw how certain people treated the waitress. And I thought, if we are the only big book that she ever sees, what is she going to think about the program? And I started to treat people outside the same way I treated people on the inside, with integrity, with love, with kindness and gentleness. I had eight or 10 employees at that time. I started to treat them the same way. Surprisingly, their productivity went up a thousand percent because they realized that I cared about them and they cared about me and they started working hard for me. I Today, I have relationships all over the country. Nancy and me texted before I came to this meeting and uh, she wanted to know if I was celebrating anywhere on my birthday. And I said, yes. And she came. Thank you, Nancy. But, you know, I when I closed my business five years ago, the employee with the least time in my business was 15 years and the most time was like 25 years. So that shows you what kind of relationship we had. I have an assistant that's been with me for 23 years. Uh, you know, I she she has an Al-Anon mother and an addict brother, and she's probably Al-Anon herself. And I listened to her today because I think that's what most people want is just for me to listen to them. Because when I'm talking to somebody, I want them to just listen. In the morning, she came in last Monday morning. Uh, we sat and talked. We had coffee and sat and talked for about 15 or 20 minutes. I just listened to what was going on with her family. And it was it was a nice thing, even though she's not in the program. So it what it is about is it it's about listening. It's about doing the things that I don't want to do, which is listen. It's about doing the things that sometimes I don't want to do, which is not fighting with another person. I often tell one of my sponsees when they've been fighting, I say, you know, it takes two people to fight. You don't have to fight. Uh, two men were talking in AA one time and one said to the other, no matter what anybody says, I just say you're right. The other guy said, no, you need to speak up. You need to talk first for the, and tell him what's going on. The guy looks at him and says, you know something, you're right. And, you know, if I have that attitude towards people, I was in London recently, a couple of weeks ago, and me and a friend went to an AA meeting. We met, we were eating and a couple next were talking to us and a woman went on a rage about LGBTQ people. And I just sat and listened. And I said, I'm glad to know what you think. And the woman asked me that I was at dinner with afterwards, said, why didn't you speak up? And I said, because I'm not going to change your mind. But I can listen. And maybe I can learn a little bit about what she is angry about. That's what the program is about. It's about, I think the one thing that the program is that's most important is learning how to have relationships with another person. And I never knew that. My family never knew that. My dad never knew that. I had to let my dad go and pull the plug on him. And it was the hardest thing I had to do. And we had a contemptuous relationship all my life. But at the end, we each said we love each other and we are kind and gentle to each other. Something I never had before. 
Same thing with my mother. So what it is, is the program taught me about relationships. And you know, what it is, as I think that I would like to hear is how are you using the steps in your life today, especially step six and seven, to further the healthy relationship, to further having healthy relationships in your life. I always like to end when I'm talking with this. In AA, they say, even if your ass is falling off, don't drink. And I like to say, even if your ass is falling off, don't overeat. And if you don't overeat, more than likely your ass will fall off. Thank you for asking me to speak.